The din is that a drasha, Pashav Shuvah is meant to encompass two parts, which the tells us. The one is the halachas which in the for this time of year. And the other one is Tvarim which prepare a person to do Tshuva Yom Kippur. And therefore, let's talk about a topic which will cover both bases. It discusses halachas which we need to know. But also, it's part of the preparation which is incumbent upon each of us to do before Yom Kippur. The Mishnah says in Yom, end of the last parak, that although Yom Kippur provides kapara, that's only for averes which are ben lemakim, which means averes which Hakadosh Baruch Hu decides to forgive a person for. But averes which are ben which means that the wronged party is somebody else. So then, any Yom Kippur It's not in Hashem's domain, so to speak, to Yom It's the other person, and therefore, Yom Kippur is not going to work without the kapara of the other person. But it's not just that Hashem doesn't take the job of giving kapara in place of the wronged party. Mufarshim explained there's more than that, and that is. Most Averis, bin Adam Nechaveri, have an element of bin Adam Nechaveri too. Most Averis, bin Adam Nechaveri, are proscribed by the Torah. And therefore, for a person to steal from his friends is being over the Isra of Retigzo. For a person to insult somebody else is being over the Isra of Retigzo. And therefore, there's an element of what a person does for which he has to ask Mechidah from Hashem as well. And the Farshim explained that even though that's the case, but Hashem isn't Meichel, so to speak, his Chilek. The Avera bin Adam Namakim that was transgressed until the person who was injured or harmed is Meichel first. And therefore, a person remains with the Avera that we learn in the Makkum too. And it's not just Yom Kippur. The Mithraschidlach and others point out that it means the process of, of Kapar and Shemaim doesn't apply when it involves another party. And if that's the case, that even those things which maybe Yom Kippur doesn't happen, but Chazal said Yom Amisa does. But if it's talking about the Avera Shemaim and Avera, then Yom HaMisa won't be Mechaper either. That's a tremendous chiddush. The only way a person can get Kapara for is which is if he's going to get the forgiveness and the acceptance of his friend. We know that's the Chazal Talat. There is an available for which a person has to come back to Gilgal. You have to return to this world. Because there's no other way to get kapara from another person except through that that person being forgiven. And therefore the similar Shulchan Aruch and part of the preparation one needs to do for Yom Kippur 
is to try and receive the forgiveness from those people who has to ask forgiveness from. Why is it specific to Yom Kippur? Because since we have a khiv Yom Kippur to try and get kapara, as much as we're able to, we have a khiv to try and get forgiven by Hashem. So if one of the things which is necessary for that is the fact that our fellow man forgives us for what we harmed them, and then enables us then to come to Hashem and ask Him to forgive us for what we disobeyed Him, then that's something we have to do first. But waiting for Yom Kippur is too late. We don't have the opportunity in Kippur to ask everybody who we feel we might have harmed for forgiveness. We don't have the ability to pay back our debt. But the truth is, even Aaron Kippur is sometimes too late. The day passes and people don't always have the opportunity to ask Mechira and they come into Yom Kippur still saddled with the burden of the avarice that they've done. And therefore something a person has to begin working on before Yom Kippur to make sure to look back at the people he needs to ask Mechila from that he's achieved that Kapara and he's therefore able to get Kapara from Hashem as well when Yom Kippur arrives. That's the first reason brought why a person is to ask Mechila before Yom Kippur. The second reason brought in Farshan the Torah and the Levush is that on Yom Kippur Klai Yisrael are meant to unite in Tefillah. They're meant to come to Hashem and Davin as a unit, as a group. And if there's going to be discord and it's going to be cause for disappointment and division between Klai Yisrael that interferes with our ability to Davin to Hashem as a united Klai Yisrael. And therefore a second reason why one needs to, so to speak, fix and repair all the broken relationships before Yom Kippur and so that way we can approach Yom Kippur as a united entity without fights without disagreements without residual hurt and we're going to see that there are a number of differences in the halacha between these two explanations these two explanations of why we ask Mechila But now, this topic of the Chiyu of Ta'as and how it applies and what it applies to is often mistaken. So having understood the importance of why it's necessary for us to do this, let's understand what the halakhic parameters are. First, the Shulchan Aruch says, and we're going to see that there are a number of different categories which the need to ask Mechila can fall into. The first category is when it comes to money. Somebody owes another person money. That's an outstanding debt, a chayv. So he has a chayv, either to pay the money back or at least to get the other person's mechila that he forgoes the right to ask or to claim that money. Now when it comes to money, the, the problems that there can be 
and the debts that a person have are, are numerous. I want to talk about the most common cases of why chayvus of money develop and why it's something that a person should be a chacham to predict and therefore prevent up front rather than trying to remember afterwards how to do mechilafu, how to achieve mechilafu. Because, like the Rambam says, one of those things which is ma'ak of the chava, which prevents a person being able to do a proper chava, is the fact that he has debts that he can't repay because he doesn't know who to repay them to. Or he's forgotten the debt. The debt remains, even if a person's forgotten. And even if the other person's also forgotten, the lender and the borrower are forgotten. But if it was never Michael, it means the debt still remains and demands to be paid. And therefore a person is still in a situation of not having fulfilled his obligations. And therefore the first and the primary reason why this happens is because people borrow things and don't remember what they borrow. It happens at the spur of the moment. You must give a few shekels to lend me. Or can I borrow something from you? I need, to go. I need it for whatever I'm doing right now. Or a neighbor asks for flour, for milk, for eggs, whatever it is, she's in the middle of preparing a, a meal and she's run out of ingredients. And can I borrow? Sure, sure, sure. And time passes and a person forgets that they've borrowed, but it's a debt, and it's an outstanding debt which needs to be repaid. And unless, even if a person would meet the other person and say, are you making for everything? Normally a person doesn't have in mind, that means money which you owe me. And then he says, yes, yes, Michael, he's thinking about maybe any arguments or hard words. And as the person specifically asks, are you Michael for any money that I may still owe you? And the person's Michael specifically for that, this is a debt which remains. That's the first category where it's common and easy for people to have a khir which is very hard for them to be able to repay. The person just needs a pen for a moment. So he asks the pastor, can I borrow your pen? And by the time he turns around, the person's moved. He doesn't need to give it back to him. He has a debt. That's the first point. The first way where there could be chiyavim for a moment. The second is the halacha of what's called the shel shalemidas. To borrow something without the permission of the owner. So if I know the owner allows me to use it, there's no problem. He's given me permission. I don't have to ask him again every time. But if it's something which I haven't received permission to use, I can't assume that a person wouldn't mind if I use these things. There are certain exceptions to this when it comes to mitzvahs, when that had to replace. But as a rule, I can't rely on the fact that someone will allow me to use these things. And if I do, I'm considered a gazelle. And if my usage caused some loss or some damage, then I time I'm to pay. And the third is a dinner of a mazik. A person who causes damage to someone else's property is required to pay him the, the value of the damages. And here also, it's Mason Bukhulyam. A person scratches someone else's car as they're trying to reverse. A person knocks into somebody else's furniture and causes a scratch or a dent, whatever the case might be. And here also, there's a money obligation. And when it comes to monetary obligations which a person is afraid to pay, 
So then he has a chiyav to pay. Or, to specifically ask Mechila that the person forgoes the right to demand payment. Here it's not a question of that we assume a person's Mechil, even in Tefillah Zakah. There's an exception made. When it says a person's Mechil, other people except for money, which I can claim in Bestin. And therefore that's something specific a person needs to ask for. Here also, the din that a person shouldn't be participate doesn't apply. If a person says you owe me money, so then you have to pay the money. Just say, please, you don't be hard-hearted, be moichel me. That doesn't apply in these cases. Over here, it's a shayla of a person's mechoyev, and if that's the case, it's mechoyev to pay. And that's what the Mishaburah says, in cases of money, or in case of a person's a suffolk, if he owes, who he owes, and how much he owes, he has to go to, firstly, to a competent dine, you can pass him what he owes and how much he owes. That's his responsibility. There's no chiyuv on the person who was harmed financially to be Michael Alas. He has every right to ask for his money. And therefore, the responsibility is on the person who's owing the money, the person who, who's the mechuyev, to to pay and to placate the person who he owes the money to. That's the first category. Now we have a second category of not so simple where there's an outright debt which the person owes. But we're talking about something which maybe the person doesn't owe as far as base are concerned, but it's high bidashamay. Something like a grammar, a damage caused indirectly by a person. So the base can't implement a ruling that he has to pay, but Shamayim will punish him for the damage that he caused unless he pays. In cases like that also, the injured party doesn't have to be Michael. You can say, if you want Michael, you have to pay me. And therefore, if you're asking me to be Michael, you when you pay me the, debt, the amount you owe me. And once again, maybe it needs a, a certain amount of negotiation of exactly how much the khil that the person will agree to be Michael for. The person will agree to forego so to speak, his time is full. But a tiny he has. And he's not a to just be Michael, so to speak, if he has, if he can claim that you owe me money. There's, a, there's an outstanding debt. If a person is aware of people that he owes, so then it's easy. You can come to an agreement with them, you can pay them, they can be Michael him. If a person doesn't know who he's harmed, okay, as again before, he doesn't know who the party that he borrowed from is, or he caused damage to somebody's life and he doesn't know who the owner is, or it could be he damaged a lot of people, and he doesn't know who all of them are, a person who sells merchandise, which is defective. So each person who buys from him has the right to claim their money back. They bought a defective product. He might not know who all the buyers are. The public came, the public bought, and he has no way of tracking down who they are. What options does a person have to placate, so to speak, people who he owes money to if he doesn't know who they are, where they are, or how much money he owes them? So Chazal have a number of options. The one is, Yasmim Tzarchei Rabbi. 
a person should use that money which he owes to the unknown public to do things which the public can benefit from. Because then the assumption is that those same people who owe the money, at least if they get the benefit for what their money was used to do, in some way they've received compensation. That's one option. The Chayvah Salvavus in the end of Shari Tshuva brings a second option also. And that is if a person really wants to do Tshuva, Hashem sees he's sincere. And he davens HaKadosh Baruch to assist him in doing Tshuva. Then Hashem will assist him in one of two ways. Either he'll bring him to meet the person to whom he owes the money and he'll be able to pay him back. Or if not for that, at least he'll make the person who is owed the money want to forgive anyone who owes the money. If that's the case, he's achieved the khira the other way around. But the person has chosen to be moichel the debt, in which case there's no longer a claim from somebody else. And obviously we don't always know if that's going to happen or not, but the person can always dub and Rakhadosh Baruch assist him in doing tshuva. And when it's tshuva regarding money which is owed, so that's uh, one of the ways Rakhadosh Baruch can do that. There's another option, a third option, which has become more popular recently. And that is that the halacha is that I'm to return the money to the person who it belongs to. Now, that doesn't just mean I have to put it into his hand. Let's say I put it into his rishus, into his property, in a way where it's guarded. In a way where it's not likely to get stolen, what we call the chatzah mishtameris. It would also be an acceptable way to return somebody, to return to somebody what they owed. And if that's the case, there's been a recent idea which makes a lot of sense, and has been endorsed by many but in him. And if a person knows he owes money, he doesn't know to whom. Or even if a person is khoshesh, if maybe there's money I owe, and I don't know who to give it to, what he should do is, he should make an account for that money. And this belongs to the unknown person that I stole it from. It's theirs, they can come and collect it. And then that money is given to a gemach. In the name of whoever it belongs to. So it's his money. He has the ability to come and collect it when he knows about it and when he wants to. In the meantime, it's accruing schusim. It's getting merits for the benefit of the person it belongs to. There will also be a valid way for a person to return debt. Because when it comes to debt, so a person doesn't have to be mech. What's coming to be then? And therefore, here the responsibility is completely on the, well, the person who owes the money to try and make sure that he's paid back his debts. Or at least he's convinced the, his creditors to be mechel. Now what about a person who I'll pay off as the mechuyev to pay? For example, the child. A child damages someone's property, he's playing outside, he throws a ball, he goes through the window, whatever the case might be. Is a child mechuyev to pay for the damages he caused? The answer is no. Al piyadach, even his father's not mechuyev to pay. So he's caused damage and he doesn't have to pay back the damage. Does the person who was damaged have a khiv to be Michael? Or can you say, you might say you caused me damage, I'm not being Michael. 
So here we see a Yitzhak. And that is, if it's not considered the child's fault, he's not responsible, then it could be he doesn't need Mechila either. It's a discussion in Achronim, it's Achronim, it's Achronim, if a child needs to ask Mechila for what he did to harm somebody. And this Vitali on this side, on this principle. If he's not considered responsible for what he does, he doesn't have to ask Mechila. If he is Mechila enough that he has to ask Mechila, then it's up to the person, it's just to be Mechila or not. But what comes out of this is that in a case where a child is young enough, According to the opinion that he doesn't need to ask Mechila, he's not responsible for his actions. It could be that the injured party is extremely angry with him, has sworn never to imagine him, and the Islam is that it doesn't make a difference. Because if a person doesn't have the right of a complaint by money, he doesn't need to be given Mechila. He doesn't need to be appeased. It might be a good thing to do as the middle of Shalom, of creating peace between people. But as far as Mechila goes, Mechila only applies to somebody who has a valid claim. And this is an important point, because so many people are under the impression that they've been wronged and they've been harmed financially, and they owed money and they refuse to be Mechil, and they refuse to interact with the person they perceive as the source of the one who's caused them whatever loss they feel that they suffered. And it could be they're the ones at fault. They're the ones who are making themselves the victims. Because if the halacha is that the, that the other party did what they were allowed to do, not only doesn't the aggrieved party have a right to complain, but the fact that they're going to make a fight out of it is really a wrongdoing on their part. The Chaznesh in the Sefer of is a famous example of this. Let's say you have a certain tradesman in a certain city. He's the only person who plans that trade in the city and therefore he gets all the business. And now competitors decide this is a lucrative business and he goes into competition. Now Lacha is that the original workman could claim you're taking away my livelihood and if the person would nevertheless continue to do what he's doing then the first worker would have a valid argument and the reason to to have a time on the second you're stealing from me and if that's the case if the second workman would want to get Nikhila it's not enough just to say Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur Yom Kippur it caused him a damage it took away his customers this has financial implication to get Nikhila would be to pay him what he deserves But there's another halacha. In certain professions, where the halacha is the second person is allowed to open a competing business. Let's say like a cheder. When it comes to teaching Torah, the Gemara says, there's no problem competing with an existing institution or an existing teacher. When that's the case, if a new institution, a new cheder would open in town, and take away students and take away Parnassah from the first one. And the first institution's management and directors would be extremely offended and take great offense and not be Michael, the second institution. In that case, they would be the ones doing wrong. 
Because since the halacha is that there was no Isr on the second one to do what he did, so by a corollary to that, the first one has no right to take offense. And if he does and makes it into a major argument, then he's the one who's responsible. Same thing. People object to their neighbors doing things which would be normal for neighbors to do. They object to their neighbors doing renovations, they object to the fact that their neighbors have children, whatever the case may be, and they feel that they've been injured and that their life has been ruined. And if there's no basis in halakha for these arguments, then they're the guilty party. And therefore, whenever it comes to a disagreement between people regarding rights, regarding money, regarding what's owed or what's deserved, it has to first be a clarification of what the halakha really is. What the halakha really is, because a person is fully entitled to act within his rights of the halakha, even if somebody else is going to feel that he's been taken advantage of. The halakha is given to us to determine the right and the wrong, and therefore, if a person has done what's correct halakhically, the fact that other people are unhappy about it doesn't mean he has to ask them They haven't got any monetary claims against them. So that's our first category. The category which regards money, the category which regards obligation. And if a person has a khir, then he's mukhir to make good on the khir. And until a person does do that, the second part is not mukhir to make he has rights and he's allowed to have his rights met. The second category we want to talk about is a category of a person's feelings. He takes offense to when he's offended, insulted, slighted, overlooked, yelled at, whatever other con- negative feelings a per- could one person could engender in another. And it makes for lasting wounds and it makes for a breakdown in relationships and for sure. A person feels very aggrieved and very hurt, very wounded, very offended by what other people have done or said or not done or not said to them. And in all those cases, what's the din of asking Mechira? So once again, this involves the Isatayra of Inastvarim, which means not to say something offensive to somebody else. Something the Gemara extends on this, that a person shouldn't do things which another person will find offensive. And if a person did do, did do wrong in this area and somebody else is hurt as a result, so here he has to ask Mechida, but not just to ask Mechida. To say, are you my homie? Isn't good enough. He has to try and make amends for what he did, primarily through the negative speech, by comforting him with speech, by making appeasing him with speech. And if one's successful and the other person agrees, so to speak, to overlook the hurt and to forgive, that's what a person is meant to achieve. And if a person isn't able to speak to the other party and to try and convince them to forgive him, so the halakha is just to try a second time and a third. And he must try three times with three other people there. And if he has in that way of somebody else who could convince him to be mochal, he must do that too. Because, if, once again, it falls into the category that if a person's caused a damage, which he's responsible for, he's mechriv to the utmost he can to make good on it. And therefore, if he has offended, insulted, embarrassed another person, 
So yes, it becomes his khiyab to do whatever he can in order to correct, so to speak, the wrong that he's done. That's from the point of view of the person asking for makhila. And that's where he has to do it. To call someone says, Ariam Kibbi, you have to be Michael me. And if you don't Michael Hashem will be Michael you. So I'm trying to blackmail someone into being Michael, it doesn't work. And he doesn't have to be Michael either. The point of Mikhila is to be Faisal. Which means instead of the negative I said or did, I'm trying to show I'm being different, I'm speaking different, I'm acting different. And it's not just putting on a show, obviously that's not real. But it's the way a person can show that he wants to change what he did wrong the time before. And therefore here there's a specific union to ask and to approach the other person. Not, even if he knows the other person will be mindful of him, he still is the to ask. They always bring a, a raya for the Supreme from this, from the story in Yemma that the Gemara says Rav had a disagreement with a certain butcher and the butcher insulted Rav. Came Arab Yom Kippur, Rav walks to the store of this butcher to provide the butcher the opportunity to ask him for Mechil. And the Mephoshim asked, if Rav was willing to be Mechil, why didn't he just be Mechil? And they answered that the asking for Mechil is an integral part of the Mechil. A person did something to against somebody, he has to show, I'm trying to retract that by acting to them in a different way. And therefore it's necessary to ask. And that's why it's better that a person asks himself rather than sending a shleif to ask on their behalf. If a person's done wrong, he should take responsibility and approach the person he wronged and ask for the rather than sending a third party to ask on their behalf. Similarly, to send an anonymous letter saying, I wronged you, I hurt you, please forgive me, isn't going to work. Because the khiyaf is going to be that a person has to, in some way, makhniya himself, lower himself to the other person as a way of trying to correct what he did wrong to the other person. So that's the khiyav from the point of view of the person who caused the hurt. And if the hurt was so deep that after three times he's asked, the injured party doesn't want to forgive. So the pasuk, the halakha says, Ain he doesn't have to try anymore. And the Fashion said, not that he's been forgiven. He hasn't been forgiven. The person still holds very hard feelings against him. But he's tried three times. And the person hasn't because a person has to identify I'm the one who's done the harm. That's from the point of view of one asking Bakhila. But the three times no longer has to ask. Because the person's a chazaki, he's not going to forgive him. So if I have a, a new way of trying to appeal to him or maybe a different intermediary, maybe we should try that. But to repeat the same a fourth time is pointless. It's not going to make a difference. Obviously, that's not what a person is meant to do. Here the says that the person who was harmed should be willing to forgive as well. It's a khir both ways. Not just because of the reason we brought before, and that is the idea of asking Mechila is that Klai Yisrael can be united and daven as one entity on Yom Kippur, and therefore it should be the responsibility of the person who was harmed to be forgiving and therefore to in, in, enable that unity of Israel to take place. But there's another reason too. And that is when it comes to hurts of an emotional nature, 
So there isn't much more that the guilty party can do. He did wrong, he's asked Mechidah. Of course, if the person doesn't feel the Mechidah is sincere, or it's only inspired by the fact that it's Erev and Kippur, he's not Mechidah to Because you can say, I don't feel that you're really asking me Mechidah. But if a person feels that the one who did the harm is genuinely trying to make amends and repair the wrong he did, so there's nothing to be gained for him holding on to a grievance. On the contrary, it's just going to hurt himself more than anybody else. He's going to live with this constant anger, this constant uh, suppressed feeling of hurt towards someone else is going to affect him as well. And therefore, if the other party hasn't asked for Mechila, so as long as he still feels he's has, he hasn't realized he's done wrong, it could be the injured party is not Mechila to But when a person has asked for Mechila and has shown that he's sincere about it, he's come back more than once, and try to not just to ask Mechila, but to Mephayat the other party, and ex- ex- uh, show that he's trying to change, so then the, the correct thing for the person who's been harmed to do is to be Mechil. Now, Mechila isn't just lip service. The Chazanish says that even though in other dinim, if a person says one thing, it means a difference. We go by what he says, not by what he felt. But since the whole point of Mechila, since the whole point of Mechila is that a person says, I don't, I'm exp- explaining that I no longer feel badly towards you. I no longer am bearing a grudge, so to speak, against you. If that's the case, so then what a person feels is paramount. And therefore, if a person doesn't feel he's able to be mechil, or the hurt was so deep, or the wound was so, so, so severe, then he doesn't feel he's able to be mechil, then he has to say, I can't be mechil here. There's no reason to mislead a person and say I'm mechil when I'm not. And then, of course, it's a process. It's a process that the, inju- the injurer has to do better to try and show that he's sincere in asking for mechila, and it's a process that the party who's injured has to work through to find within himself to forgive somebody else. It's not an easy thing to do. The person was offended, he was insulted, for whatever reason. So then for sure, to let go of that and to release all the hard feelings towards another person is difficult. That's why Hashem says, if ever is able to forgive another person, in Milik Neged Mid, Hashem forgives him too. But, it's a person the person is to work on. Because just like as the Isser in the Torah for what the injurer did to them, there's also an Isser in the Torah of don't take revenge and don't bear a grudge. They take over their titar. And if a person is to work on being able to forgive, being able to look beyond and repair, so to speak, within themselves, the damage was done to them. Obviously, if a person isn't going to do it again, or a person isn't sincere asking for Mechila, so we send for the Zakat that a person says, he'll forgive me, I'm not going to forgive something like that. But in a case where the person is sincere and wanting to change, then it really, the person who was hurt, shall try and work on himself to be able to forgive as well. This is all in the case where the hurt was something which was emotional, which was through words, and uh, something which a person can likewise ask to be forgiven through words. Once again, it has to be justified. If a person came to a wrong conclusion and therefore they have tainas about somebody, or a person feels he was overlooked when in reality he wasn't, or a person's covered meant that he felt he wanted something which he never really deserved, and as a result of that people take great offense. The government didn't give them the idea they wanted to get, or they weren't given the recognition that they thought they deserved at an event, or any other reason like that. So if their hurt feelings aren't really justified 
no one did anything wrong. And if that's the case, there isn't really a chiyah anyone to ask the mechila. They're the ones that they're the ones who are wrong within themselves. They have wrong expectations, and based on that, the way they they, they so to speak make as if someone harmed them when no one really did. If a person would imagine to himself, he's a god ladar, and therefore when he walks into heaven, he expects everyone to stand up for him, and they don't. He holds it to forgive in kvara Torah. No one has to ask him mechila. It's obvious to us. It's his mistake. And if that's the case, the expectations you have are ridiculous. And if he's now going to make a fight of the person, why don't you respect me the way I deserve? So then he's the one at fault for making the argument, not the other way around. So here again, the the one who's hurt has to be justified in being in being allowed to feel that he's the one who's been harmed. And if that's the case, it's the key of both ways. On the person who asked him to do the best he can to try and repair the damage, and for the person who was hurt to do what he can to try and get past the damage. So that will, it will reunite both parties. But there's a third category. And the third category is not just the person said something or did something which slighted somebody else or used words which the other person took offense to. The third category is a case where a person caused real damage. Not just hurt feelings, but real damage. Real damage could be real physical damage. Real damage could be long-term emotional damage. Real damage could have many forms. For example, and this is how the Mishaburah gives, a person who spreads Lashon Hara about somebody and ruins their reputation. Now, wherever he goes, people think of him as the one who did whatever, as a person who's a weak person for whatever reason. Or he loses a job. Or he loses his customers. Or a person spreads Lashon Hara about his product and no one wants to buy from him. Another example, a person who was abusive to somebody in a way which has destroyed them emotionally. Or, this also happens, children who have determined to make the teacher's life a misery that she gets fired from her job and can't find another position. In any case where a person's done something which has caused lasting harm, if that's the case, the Mishnabura Paskins, the injured party is not mukhrib to be Michael. It's not going to be Michael because Mechila means I've done, I've done what's necessary, so to speak, to make good the damage I caused. And in cases like this, it's not possible to make good the damage you caused. You've ruined someone's reputation. You've destroyed their marriage. You've taken away their, their self-esteem and their deep depression. But anything like that. What, what, what can you do to repair that? The person would say, I can't find the need to forgive you. How are you going to rectify the damage you've done? So then it's 100% true. He's not required to forgive. Not for Lashon Hara, not for Mati Shema, for any of these examples we mentioned. Of course, if the person's a big tzaddik and they're able to overlook the hurt that were caused, so they're able to forgive, even though the mindset they left with the, the damage which has happened as a result. But a person's not required to do that. If they've been damaged to the point where the other person can't repay them, then I'm going to do Of course, if a person wants mechila, and in the cases like this, it's an absolute necessity for him to get mechila because there's no bigger kitrug than the fact that he's destroyed someone else's life. But in cases like that, then a person will have to work very hard to do what he can in order to deserve that mechila. There's a story of a certain group, class of girls in one of the schools in Bnei 
the whole class graduated, and two years passed after no one's engaged. And again, the girls were 22 and 24, and no one's engaged. And I think there must be something, a tiny on them as a class, why no one's been zeichet to find their zebu. So the fathers of the group all went to Roshtayim Zechran Yibracha and asked them, maybe give them ideas, like what could it be? Roshtayim asked them, were there any students in the class that everybody picked on, everybody isolated, that everyone bullied? Was there any teacher that everybody worked against? And as a class, they, were, they have a debt to another person. And the fathers went back and they found out, yes, yes, there was one girl in the class who was isolated and ostracized by everyone else. And it ruined her years in high school. And uh, until that day, she was still suffering from being the period of the school. So Simon said, you can't just ask Mechila. You've caused the damage. You have to fix it up. So the fathers of all the girls in the class got together. And they felt that we have, as a group have to fix up this mistake. They raised enough money to pay for the therapy. After that, they paid double and triple to Shalikhan to try and find her somebody who she could marry, somebody appropriate. And eventually, when she became a kara, they came back to Rabshtayim. Rabshtayim said, you've done enough to go and ask Mechil. And when they asked Mechil, and at that stage, she was able to forgive them. And then Kila, that block when Hashemayim was removed, and the other girls in the class started finding the Shittah. And that's an important point to know. The Balimus always said, It's like a fire. Because a damage done to another person is not always something a person can repay. And if that's the case, of course, the Zahiris in advance is not to cause personal damage in such a way. But in the Dinim of Mechila, the Dinim of Mechila is a person who is such a thing, he's not. The other eight which is brought down is that after a person dies, a person can take a million to his grave and ask him a Because the understanding is that a person is no longer in this world. So he no longer gets affected by what happened to him here. And if that's the case, it would be much easier for him to be Michael from when he's in Shemayim than when he is here and he's still aware of all the emotional damage and all the hurt that's been caused to him. There's a story of a certain class of boys one of the children was a bit slow, a bit like mentally delayed, and the rest of the class used to make fun of him and tease him mercilessly. And eventually, as a result, he had a complete breakdown. And at that stage, they realized they had done something very wrong. How do you, how do, you do children? How do you ask for clear from a person who is no longer mentally stable? Where else are Yashif? Yashif said, there's nothing you can do. Causing somebody to have a breakdown, and as a result, he's not like a functional human being. There's no kapara you can get for that. He said, maybe after he died, after he would die, you can take people to his cavern. But until then, you, you, there's a crime you've done that you can't fix. And that's what he said also. The danger of doing something to another person, which would be much harder to get kapara for. But here too, there's a chavis of and he says, a person can always daven for children. And a person can always daven because our Kodesh Baruch can always make the other person willing to forget. Notwithstanding the damage that has been done to them. And if a person can always daven, Hashem should help him to each other and that the people he has harmed or the people that he's hurt should be found within them to him 
In which case, there's no longer the outstanding debt against him. And that's the last decide. We spoke about when a person has a right to be hurt. Obviously, the person who's unwilling to forgive, even though he's been harmed, is, deserves a close role to forgive him in a similar fashion. But the important points are, number one, the khila has to be real. The person has to feel he's able to forgive. Not just, as, like, say, amoichal, amoichal, where in, deep down he's not. Number two, the person asking him no khila, it also has to be real. It's not just a perfunctory call on everything kipper. It comes from a place of being with fire to other person. Letting them know I really realize what I did wrong. I realize how bad it was. I realize how hurt you must be. I realize I want what I need to do to change it won't happen again. That's all part of how to fire somebody else. And the last point, and that is that so much of the cases of people who holding on to so much of a load of anger and uh, and compared to other people most of it's even justified because if not then the other person doesn't have to ask the Mechila maybe they need to be the ones who need to ask Mechila for stirring up arguments or create very bad feelings and the last point which is brought down and that is primarily people ask Mechila from the people that they need to ask Mechila for the people that they are close to and the people that even if they did say something which wasn't so careful or whatever the case may be, it's understood and it's forgiven because the relationship is healthy. So yes, it doesn't hurt to ask for khidr, but that isn't the primary people a person needs to ask for khidr. It's more like the people which a person never gets on with. The people which a person really has been involved in bitter disputes or in damaging arguments, whatever the case may be, that's the time where a person has to work on, on getting the khidr. Yes, as hard as it is for a person who was really hurt to overlook that and misgabber on himself and ask, that's what gives him kapara. Similarly, it's very hard for a person to overcome himself and be machnir himself to somebody who he really dislikes, to somebody who he really doesn't get on with, and lower himself and ask the other person mechila. And that's his mechila for the wrong for the wrong that he did. And he's willing to go to that effort and he's willing to go to that embarrassment even of having to lower himself to ask for Mechir. This is one of the important preparatory stages for him given. Both in the sense that he wants to make the Israel and in the sense that we, we, we want to erase all the Shetrech Levesen, all the debts that are against us for all the wrong that we might have done. But it's also the biggest catalyst for Hashem to forgive us. I mean, they should open the Mishra over our passion. Hashem makes Mila connected with it. And therefore, utilizing this middle of Erev and Kippur to humble ourselves to ask if we need to, or to overlook our hurt and forgive if we need to, is what enables the Kaddish Baruch Hu to have the, so to speak, the Kayach now of utilizing the Mila to be Michael and to forgive us as well.